Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the NXT Dubai review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by the Dadly Boys of What Culture, Michael Hamflow and Michael Sidgwick, here to review everything that happened on last night's episode of NXT. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review NXT, but also... Premium live events, we have interviews, round table discussions, and a round of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, though, joined by Hamlet Cedric to review NXT 2.0 and a very eventful episode on the road to Worlds Collide. Was it? I haven't said this in ages, and it's no coincidence why I'm about to. This was drab <coughs> crap. <laughs> drab crap. And he's back at the fucking wheel, like the absolute purveyor of it when it comes to NXT. Like, if only he could just be left alone at the main roster and we could give NXT, I don't you know, Bruce Pritchard or something. <laughs> Somebody that makes it good again. It is weird that they to fix WWE, all you need to do is put Vince in charge of NXT and Trent yes, in charge of the main was, roster. That was the yes, switch. Yes. Oh, this, um, this wasn't said this before about the bad end. I, I like the show sometimes, earnestly, but it's never good. Like, I just, I enjoy it for other reasons than that. Uh, this wasn't creative enough. Uh, it wasn't so bad. It was good at points. There was a couple of funny moments. They have they have created characters so preposterous that it's quite funny to analyse them, and I'm looking forward to getting to that. But the couple of big things I was... Right, the main event I was earnestly excited about. Like, it sounds ridiculous to say 24 hours later. I was more excited for Wendy Chu versus uh, Tiffany Stratton than I, present tense, still am for a trios match on Dynamite tonight, <laughs> right? Why have you got such a hard-on for this? It's <laughs> packing Will Ospreay! <laughs> Yeah, and that, they had a match one time, and it was a bit underwhelming, right? Yeah, but this, it's only because they can go to a finish <laughs> for, for political reasons. And the singles match they like to have at the pay-per-view is going to be better than whatever they do in the trios, too. So it's oh, like, what a shame you get something good then. looks great. <laughs> anyway, anyway. It's weird that you got a, you got a, you're like a dog with a bone with this trios match, and I simply don't get it. I think it was because yesterday you were like seemed really offended by it, and I was like... I didn't see that coming. <laughs> like it did. It's it, like it's just, it's just weird. It spiked a you, know, some... you know, Dax Howard and Jay Lethal have got a match on here. Why don't you bury oh, that instead? I didn't, I didn't know that. I really didn't know that. This really is a one match dynamite, isn't it? This dynamite. Was... No, it's a two match dynamite. This... Dynamite preview coming your way later on today. And the other trios match on Rampage was crap as well. This is about tournament. Oh, so it's because Parker Boudreau and Pac are very different wrestlers. <laughs> are you sure? That's the stupidest shit I've ever heard in my life. Last week's trios match was an angle rather than a match like the Ken. The Ken and it was a great one the because Kenny's- you're going to get the. Oh my god, you're absolute. Is it 2019? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
I think it is because you're really pissed off with people enjoying WWE as well. You've you, you you got a secret, secret obsession with Triple H. You've loved them all along. Everyone else with a brain in 2002 <laughs> and 2003 when our Triple H, oh, you've ruined this. The worst of the worst. And I'm about to go to like, I'm in sixth form university age. I'm going to start shagging and drinking and all this. I'm just going to get away from this nonsense <laughs> with this boring bastard on top. And Hamflit was like with his little flag, his little fed flag. You've always, you secretly love Triple H. It's the worst thing Kevin Nash ever did. You love black and gold. You stuck around in 2003. Yes. You like raw. I did. You like love raw. Triple H. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> That's me right now. Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank laughing between <laughs> Roy Keane and Jimmy Carragher and having an argument. I love it. This was a really disappointing episode yes. of NXT. No, but really Papa H did it, so. <laughs> <laughs> He's responsible. Like, Triple H has got to be responsible. His attempts to make some of this credible when there's just no place for it or need for it, I think, is what made this so disappointing. Full disclosure, I did send the tweet just to pop the boys last night and then have a little bit of a panic mm. uh, with the whole uh, all hail Papa H. I mean, I mean, right, that's funny. Like, that's Raw, funny. Raw's demo being as good as it is, that's funny. Like, it, some AEW fans are complete losers. Well, I'm not, not looking at Cedric in the face, but some completely of them are losers. losing it. Like, there was a split second where I thought, oh, God, am I going to be on WrestleCringe? Because people are just going to think that Well, it's good, because like, he can sometimes be a loser, too. Like, it's, <laughs> He's getting both barrels today. Like, just, I don't know. Like, I, some, of the, some of the AEW fans sometimes can be total losers for this kind of thing. And it's quite, it's quite like, this is an outlier. Like, Raw... Ratings-wise, will go back to normal. Yeah. It will. And it was quite funny last night to watch a few people. What was it? Copium. 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 There was a bit of that flying around. It's Punk and Moxley. I would like it's, to have it's a... It's Punk and Moxley. That's awesome. I would like to do a podcast about the ratings battle and how it shifted from the... Um, they were approaching the paradigm shift of all paradigm shifts around this time last year. Yeah. And for how yeah. it's happened, I'm thinking there's lots to talk about. So can we maybe try and do a pod on that? Yeah. That'd be good. Yeah, because we caught his 20 punks arrival, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, that was See if we've got time. Maybe today. We'll keep What Culture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcast from, if you haven't subscribed already, that'll drop But, but if we have time. Yeah. Anyway, uh, what do you make of this show? Not much. Okay. It's <laughs> honestly, it pisses me off. It absolutely pisses me off that this guy gets his arse licks, Papa H, <laughs> <laughs> for clearing the low bar that is making his programs make sense, which is the absolute bare minimum requirement of literally anyone lucky enough to get their programming, any showrunner or writer lucky enough to get their program on television. Can you imagine, like, oh, there's a, a murder mystery, and they decide that they didn't really like the killer, so they just decided it was a different killer. Like, absolutely piss off. There were two things on here where I was like, right, Nothing you've just watched matters, so don't watch again. Mm. We'll get into it. We'll get into it. D dread, by the way, pure dread in my heart for NXT 3.0. Like, oh, no. if, if this is a sign of things to I'm going to miss this podcast so much. Can you remember the dying days of oh, no, yeah. Black and Gold podcast? Awful. It was horrendous. Finn Balor's screaming again. Cool. But Finn Balor, <laughs> even when he was a cat, it was like, that oh, should be funny. <laughs> <laughs> that was us trying. Yeah. Wasn't it? That was us, like, before 2.0 was there for us, like, this rest is a cat. Like, that was all we had. It's the only, th it's the only bit of banter we had. Cool, uh, cool Kyle in the CWC in his Orange Cassidy clothes. And what was all that? Uh, Bron Breaker is a security guard towering over Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly. So the show uh, this week. With the big strong man. Begins Sorry. with a video package <laughs> recapping NXT uh, from last week. Uh, Bron Breaker walks down to the ring and asks, "Where's my where my dogs at?" Uh, um, he talks about having a banger with JD McDonough. 
Um, more on him later. He said uh, he's proved he's one of the best in the world in the ring. Um, and uh, to obviously mentions that following that, NXT UK champion Tyler Biet came out to make his uh, presence felt. So he calls him out to the ring. Out comes Tyler Bate, who says, oh, yeah, that's right. I'm not just here for the air miles, like you said. Uh, congratulates him on his title defense the previous week. He says, look, I'm the first, I'm the last United Kingdom champion. Uh, NXT Europe's around the corner, and I can think of nothing better than to unify these titles. Breaker agrees, and they do the gimmick that they did quite a lot on this show of, I'm going to hold up my belt, you hold up your belt, title unification match at Worlds Collide next Sunday. Yeah, like, I mean, something has intrigued me about this combination of wrestlers. I feel like Tyler Bate is going to present a different challenge to Braun Breaker that is going to somehow circumvent this issue they've got where they insist on him going 15 boring minutes instead of three exhilarating ones. Um, unfortunately, the match later on with Tyler Bate and Von Wagner didn't do... I like, didn't prove that theory true. I've just the the sight of them together, like felt interesting and mm. felt different. And I don't know, maybe it's just Tyler Bate probably never should have been marooned on NXT UK in the first place. I, he doesn't look as big as a star as he once felt. So maybe this is all five years, mate. Yeah, maybe this is all for naught. But I just I don't know. I, I'm I'm intrigued about this pair. Like I'll try and make time to watch this match, and that's the highest compliment I can pay Worlds Collide. It's uh, it's so weird looking at Tyler Bate. 2017, he was he was on the cusp of being the best and brightest young star in all pro wrestling and the, the, the way the landscape has changed has been absolutely incredible has there ever been I don't think there's ever been more fundamental change in pro wrestling in North America than a five year span ever so to watch him just basically that's 2017 again he's, he looks about 40 years old but you know it's 2017 again is it is it mm. um, I didn't like this at all for various reasons which I will outline right now they did a recap video recapping the events of where and then from breaker did, it, did his recap exposition promo? Here's what you here's what you watched seven days ago, yeah. you morons, but I've forgotten about. So I'm going to tell you. I learned today that wrestlers can't call their own match bangers. Really cringeworthy. Like really I'd, cringeworthy. I'd, yeah, I'd never realised that before, but mm-hmm. they can't do that. I've never had a problem with a wrestler bragging about how great they are in the ring and how great their matches are because entertainment value. Guess what? Sport is entertainment. Loads of boxers have said that our matches are great. Loads of UFC fighters have sold the things on mm-hmm. that. Um, football teams said oh, that was a great match at the end. Like Pep Guardiola and Eddie Howe both said that was a great match. Yeah, they neither team was happy with the result, but they were glowing about the match quality because not, they enjoyed it. Not they enjoyed prize, is it? Yeah, Mar- Maradona it. and Ronnie O'Sullivan, a squat little man like little eel. Like, like, like you want to watch the entertainers. Yeah. It's you know it's supposed. It's all to, part yeah. of sport. It's all part of sport. But yeah, bangers just doesn't work. A wrestler can't say that. I agree. So he's exposition promo, usual total WWE spoon-fed bollocks, which apparently is a Vince problem. No, it's an institutional problem, of which there are actually many. And Tyler Bay can't cut a promo, goddammit. Like, I'm not being funny. Like, um, he's not a natural at it. He's better than most at wrestling still. Like, I think if he's got his heart in it, he's absolutely unbelievable. Like, yeah. But yeah, he just, uh, I don't know if it's a brummy accent. I don't know if it's just a really wooden delivery, lacking in confidence, the sheer generic quality that somehow, like the weird kind of compelled, because he's like, oh, he's just not good. He's just not good at promos, but he's great, he's great at a lot of other things, mm. or was. I love the Brummie accent, but it doesn't lend itself to the aloof character he was trying to play, and I don't think that meshes well with, it should do, somebody aloof should mesh really well with Bron Breaker, but I don't know about, like if this is just a me thing, but I'm predisposed to think that like British people shouldn't talk in a wrestling sense anyway. I am so like American pro wrestling to me it is how weird. is how wrestling should sound. Like when you're watching a British product and there's two British commentators, 
something feels off and that's not the fault of the product. It's it's just, it's a fault of something in our brain. It's like, when you're a kid where's the Americans? Up, like, uh, where are the Yanks? Yeah. Unsurprisingly, when I was a kid growing up doing my impressions of wrestlers going yeah. promos, I put an accent on. Yeah. I mean, that's just me, probably. Like <laughs> Tyler Bate, for all intents and purposes, which is it's just it's underreported because it's honeymoon period for Papa H. He might as well be held a, holding aloft the WCW hardcore title for how literally meaningless that NXT UK title is. We're going to unify this because it ties a bow around the disaster that was NXT UK, of which I'm the representative and champion. It's so stupid. It is so stupid, this. It's unbelievable. Like It's not like... We said on the preview, there's no worlds colliding. It's not like uh, Forbidden Door or Invasion or CZW versus ROH. It is a brand that's dead and it died for a damn good reason. If it was a popular brand, guess what? It would still exist, right? The reason why it's dead, the reason why it's been killed is because it sucked, it was as boring as hell, and obviously nowhere near enough people liked it to make it financially viable or just a, a, a good use of anyone's time in that promotion, in that in, in that institution, right? So they've killed it because it was dead already, and then you've got someone trying to big himself up as a wrestler by holding the embodiment of that brand and the, you know, the illustration mm. of its prestige and the pinnacle of its achievement. It's dead! <laughs> to, to, uh, to steal from Tyler Bates' friend before he actually got over by becoming a dog. I don't care about the NXT UK title. It's, it's <laughs> fundamentally, literally impossible to care. It's a joke. This whole program is a joke. This World's Collider is a joke, and Papa H is a joke as well. Mick Foley shot on all the WCW titles when they were in WWE, when he was playing commissioner. We, as fans, have expressed our displeasure with the height and status of the Ring of Honor titles when we don't really know what Ring of Honor is, how busy belts make mm -hmm. everything feel because it's, it's a fake accolade when you don't when you haven't got any reason to care about the prize and they've kind of done it twice. Well, three times, I guess, on this show because yeah. they're trying to do it with all the belts, aren't they? So, yeah. It did feel just like admin, like you say. I'd rather just be... Tyler Bate's going to be the next guy for Brom Breaker, mm -hmm. not Tyler Bate and his NXT UK Championship is going up and unifying all the... Happy you got me go some hour later. Well, we'll get to it. Uh, we get a vignette um, introducing everyone if they haven't seen him before to Gallus, and then they uh, they come down. Oh, before that, or maybe as they were entering, uh, Fallon Henley and Lash Legend are having a pull apart brawl backstage. Uh, Boris Johnson and Sir Wanks a lot have to pull her away, uh, and then they have their title match. This was just a bloody mess, wasn't it? Let's be honest. Um, Gallus, as I say, uh, represented by Mark Coffey and Wolfgang against. Um, Jensen and Briggs for the uh, NXT UK tag team titles. Uh, Gallus took control early on. Uh, Brooks and Jensen fight back. There's a melee. Brooks and Jensen stands tall if you go to a break. When we come back, Jensen gets cut off. Gallus work him over. Hot tag for Briggs. He comes in, cleans house. Um, and then all of a sudden, Lash Legend appears to continue what she was doing backstage with Fallon Henley. They get into it. Big brawl breaks out. Out goes uh, uh, Jensen and Briggs because they've had to previously pull Fallon Henley away. Then out come Pretty Deadly. There's a big fight, and you go, cool, ring the bell then. Ring the bell, ref. It's a DQ. And then inexplicably, I'm fairly certain, this was a count-out loss. Yeah. Michael Cedric, oh, I, don't, I don't get it. I don't do, get the, it. Uh, do the gimmick. What? <laughs> that was me watching it this morning. What? Like, and, and what a 
like repetitive, boring, trash match this was to set up that finish as well. Men throwing each other around with no peace and a rhythm and just being hard. I don't mind getting in a fight. Uh, like I uh, like fun too. <laughs> <laughs> just so let's just do a fastish brawl. Belts and boring bitches that I don't care about pretty deadly actually entertaining and interesting. Yeah. Like I don't want to watch Gallus and Briggs and Jensen have these matches where like nothing occurs for five or six minutes. It's just a it's a background to a like I like I say, I think pretty deadly matter more than any of these unified titles because they're an act that have actually sort of gotten over or have asked for my attention in their brief spell in two and they've got this like this sort of cutie gimmick that is like I'm not completely I haven't lost all interest in. So they were the, this flash of inspiration. The um, Lash Legend Fallon Henley brawl was hilarious because uh, Lash Legend jumped jumped at Fallon Henley mm. in that way where like one's supposed to knock the other one over or she's supposed to push her away. But instead it was like one of my kids jumping at me and I catch them and then I swing them around and then the legs start to flail. Like if you watch that back, she sort of catches her and then Lash Legend's got to like flail at her because she's... We're just holding around my waist. I'm, I'm completely safe here. It looks preposterous because it was fake because each one had to like carefully rehearse what they were doing. It, it didn't feel real. I hated this. I just... NXT UK has polluted the waters of NXT several times and it almost never ends well. It's, it's happening now. It's one of my favourite moments of Wackle Trophy's history. Where I was like, you know when you... When me and Hamlet were having the war, the actual war between who likes AEW and NXT, mm-hmm. and it's like right AEW, right? It was like it was like it's like four, like a seven goal thriller. I was like oh, AEW started out the blocks hot, it's great, I'm winning. <laughs> uh, it's a dark order doing here. Talking through the telly, and uh, you know as far as series, that was well received, and uh, you know Keith Lee's really getting over. And, yeah. <laughs> um, all right, okay, Shayna, uh, Rhea Ripley, and uh, Shayna Baszler, that was really hot. And um, Finn Balor and Adam Cole, one. Oh, oh, the dark order, what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> oh, God, God, I've gone down. A 3-2 down. A 3-2 down, and we're all, well, maybe approaching the final whistle here because they don't have a rights fee. <laughs> uh, yes. uh, what's going on? And then, yeah, that incredible comeback show. The incredible comeback show. It's like an equalizer. You're like, oh, get in, get in. I knew I was right all along. I knew I support the right team. <laughs> and then... You'll take a point at this point. Take a point at this point. It's like, okay, we're back. And then... Um, Suddenly gets announced the brackets for uh, the, dust, <laughs> yeah. the Dusty Cup. The brackets for the Dusty Cup in early 2020. And I'm like, huh? <laughs> so you got Gallus. You got some other scrubs from NXT UK. And I walk into the office on a Thursday morning and Hamlet's head is in his hands because he knows <laughs> he's 4-3 down, 90 minutes. Tony Khan, close it in! <laughs> <laughs> I swear you'll never see anything like this again. <laughs> it was, man. That bracket. He was absolutely despondent. Who's that? Who are these absolute losers? What are they doing to my <laughs> beloved black and gold? They didn't even call it black and gold then. Yeah. Roderick oh. Strong, Kyle O'Reilly, this is who? <laughs> Get out. Yeah. Doomed. So good. Absolutely doomed. And to be fair, the actual, some of the Dusty Cup matches were great. Was it Grizzle Young Veterans? It did overperform. Yeah. Uh, the Bruiser weights. It, it, it sort of slightly overperformed, begrudgingly, I have to admit. Bruiser weights, whatever. Yeah, the Bruiser weights stuff was fun. Yeah. Yeah, none, none of the scrubs made the later stage yeah, of the no, tournament. So it's like, it's just, I think it was Gallus must have been in it. Yeah, oh yeah, it was twenty twenty, wasn't it? Must have been Gallus. Imperium from NXT UK versus the Forgotten Sons. Broser Waits versus Mark Andrews, Flash Morgan Webster. The grizzled young veterans. What were they? What was their stupid name? When it were like they were walking like down graffitied streets. Who was this? Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster. Oh yeah, they were like the mod. Subculture. Subculture. I'm a mod. He's a goth. I'm punk. (laughs) (laughs) 
And together... Well, mate, can it work? And together, we are really trying hard, guys, to get literally every uh, teenage demographic, even though it's like 20 years old. <laughs> you still Never wear, mind bollocks. It's subculture. You still watch Kerrang? Right, Scuzz. Scuzz. Is that still a thing? UK was Scuzz. It was, I. Yeah. Scuzz was good, though, so... The, the, other, <laughs> the other side of the bracket is really good, mm. to a point. Because they're young veterans. Yeah. Never hear me say a bad word against them as the Grizzly Young Veterans. They were really, it was nice to have them around there as well. Time splitters. Kushida got Alex Shelley in yeah. for a night. That was, it was actually a bit disappointing. But a bit of a letdown. It was really yeah, fun. Better, to, uh, Alex, Shelley's, was, yeah. Alex, Alex Shelley is significantly better in impact to this day. Uh, Fish and O'Reilly from the Undisputed Era. Yeah. And Gallus. Uh, it was so unbelievably piss funny when Gallus. It was just the jokes on me now, right? Everything sucks. <laughs> <laughs> the jokes on me because if Gallus ever get released, Tony Khan will build at least six weeks of rampage around their debut. <laughs> at least six weeks of rampage around Gallus coming back, and, like, and everyone is just going to go, "What? <laughs> <laughs> they're winning on elevation, even if they're not getting signed on." Yeah, That's yeah, the point. Yeah. They at least get a win. It's like, oh no, they've got their own rankings now. Tony Khan, what are you doing? <laughs> you doing? <laughs> Diamond Mine attacked Gallus after the match, but no one could have cared at this point. Aye, all over the shop. Terrible, rushed, big guy offense, inscrutably stupid finish. Much hmm, a bit like Vince McMahon. <laughs> <laughs> These cowboys stink. They're so bad. Yeah! Where's the sex stuff gone? I miss the sex stuff. I, I yeah, I agree. Uh, Matt Rains, don't isolate that. <laughs> He's right, though. It's just infecting every area of NXT that I used to like. I didn't even verbatim write down an Andre Chase bit because I was just like, oh. Yeah. Andre Chase is there. He's addressing his students. Did he even F and Jeff at this one? No. It's just it's so easy. Well, why aren't they playing the hits? Yeah. yeah. So he brought in Charlie Dempsey from NXT UK for a training session. He's going to teach the class some moves, apparently. He just stretched him. Stu Hart's dungeon, basically. He's stretching people. He stretched one bloke, and then he gets Bodie Hayward in. Bodie's all happy to be there. And then he gets he gets stretched as well, and Hayward taps. But, of course, Dempsey doesn't let it go and stretch, you know, just leaves it on a little bit too long. And that fires up Bodie, and he pushes him, and Chase says, oh, oh careful, calm down, you two. And uh, Chase says, I'm not sure what I should have brought you in, actually, Charlie. And he says, uh, your class is swift. Uh, and you go and do some homework and Google Billy Robinson. I didn't like this. Triple H, Triple H is back. Yeah, there's no swearing. It wasn't funny. You know when you're in a supermarket and they have those, like, they don't want to pay, multi-billion dollar companies, but they don't want to pay for the rights to real music, so they have those, like, supermarket versions of songs. Yeah. Like, it's not quite right. It's nearly right, but it's not quite right. I was, it was only recently I heard there were, it was a fake version of uh, Waiting for a Star to Fall by Boy Meets Girl. Oh my God, and I love they, that uh, song. The, 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 super the world is different and better when the songs like that were allowed to be released. Just earnest, corny magic. Yeah. Well, the supermarket version, um, like, obliterated the sax solo. Just, just ripped it out completely. <laughs> just ripped it out completely. Uh, sorry, like, sorry the euf- it just cut the euphoria, yeah. didn't yeah. it? Yeah, I'm in the shop and it, like, stopped me. Around. What the f*** have you done? What was that? And that's what, like, it feels like watching NXT UK people interacting with 2.0 people. That's like, uh, oh, there goes the fun then. Yeah. There's, there's I, a bit I, I have that with uh, with heart radio edits of some of my favourite songs from the early noughties where they go, get rid of this bit. And I was like, oh, the central hook of the song. <laughs> cool. It's just ridiculous. Um, I did... I was intrigued by the Grayson Waller effect. Yes, yeah, this, this is good, this. You're a DJ, right? And a very good one at that. Mm. I've heard you hitting the vocal, uh, like hitting the end of wrestle culture. Yeah, when that you was the, the only thing I could do, yeah. I heard a DJ the other day hitting the vocal on um, Sound of Vision by David Bowie. 
So you miss it like that. Oh, I can stick this on. I can have it on the minute and a half for talking absolute crap. Like that. In the background. Seen this? You heard about this in the paper? Leaving it down. What the fuck is going on? It's a different world, brother. Anyway, Grayson Waller effect. Um, I, I did quite like, I saw a lot of people going, what the hell is this? When it, it, he's got there, he's got this the late night talk show chat, he's got the desk, he's got the chair. Perfect character for this sort yeah. of stuff. And he had like a picture in picture shot and everyone's like, well, there's only him there. And I was like, that's, that's the point. He's so self-obsessed. He's like, just in case anyone's looking at the screen <laughs> and he isn't looking at me, despite the fact I'm the only thing, let's put my face picture in picture just in case. It was great because when Apollo was talking, you could really see double the reaction. He's stupid, <laughs> arrogant face. It's really it a, good, isn't it? It was a Grayson Waller at all costs. It was a literal picture of his face. He's yeah. great. And uh, he's just, he's big enough. He's got his phone there. He's like, well, I'm, I'm on Instagram, by the way, because he's a social <laughs> media influencer, of course. Uh, and he introduced a guest, Apollo Cruz. He, do, he does the whole gimmick here. Uh, he's even put Apollo Cruz's seat down. He's like, oh, <laughs> I popped. Like, because I just, you should see that nonsense yeah, coming. No, but when no. he first sits down and all you can see is like his chin. <laughs> oh, that's good. Uh, and uh, he, he get, they get into it. Uh, it's that family guy thing, is it? You sneaky bastards. Yeah. He's, uh, he's like, oh, welcome to the show. And I was like, oh, this is going to be really. Like, awkward. And he's just straight in, two footed. What's going on with your accent? What <laughs> and uh, Cruz's like, oh, I can bring it back, but I'm, I'm still the Nigerian warrior with or without it. You know, I won the Intercontinental title at WrestleMania. Uh, and Gresham was like, yeah, sure, sure, sure. And what's up this about you being able to see the future or whatever it is? He was so good. He was so good here. He's like, bloody hell's all in about You saw Domino and get their bloody head kicked in. You didn't tell anyone. Did you? Were you part of this? And obviously, this fire's. Apollo crews up, he's on his feet, and uh, Grayson's like, immediately the moment there's any confrontation, he's like, oh, I'm just asking questions here, mate. He goes, I've just got a bloody question here from uh, Grayson in Australia. <laughs> Brilliant. He says... Uh, <laughs> Domingo in Little Oakley. Yeah. Uh, I'm just asking questions, man. He says, uh, what happens when you get run out of NXT? And uh, Apollo crews fights back by saying, uh, how does it feel to be a low-budget Miz? Ooh, uh, Good line. Good line. Low-budget Miz. Yeah, I like that. EW could never. CM Punk could definitely not. Literally <laughs> never. Yeah, no. I did, good I line. Think, oh, that's a good line. <laughs> I haven't heard that before. Um, and is it uh, better or worse that that's being said in house? I can't. Like it's far worse. The punk thing's got layers, hasn't it? Because like a, a little bit is punk. He's gotten to, but it's quite good because it's like man, their best guy is a piece of garbage compared to our best guy. Yeah. But if WWE is saying it, like, what's that mean? Like, is the Miz watching that? It's a bad night for Miz, isn't it? Because, like, he's stuck kidnapped somewhere yeah. whilst his kidnapper is off romancing his... The guy that was the top baby face in the show strangled me and dragged me out of a show, and now they're bantering... Like, are you trying to say something, Triple H? Is Triple H gotten to by him as well? Is this another one of them things where Punk and Triple H have stuff in common? Maybe. They're both gotten to by the Miz. Maybe. Just a B-plus player, Miz. Triple H never actually worked with the Miz there. Yeah. <laughs> is this the first thing? He did, didn't he? Miz and Truth were like... Yes. It, it, oh, yes, like yes, 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 actually I did. Can't stop those rebels. <laughs> Who's blowing this case wide open? Is this the first step of hashtag bring him home? He's, he's, he's going like, yeah, look, see, we'll see how much we've got in common, Phil. Ah. Never. After what, and all, <laughs> no. all the political backstage machinations in AEW. Like, they, they want to keep punks to be, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Triple H issues, come and get me. Issues, come and get me, please, to contract <laughs> rebel punk. How uh, awful was it, by the way, over the weekend? Screw NXT. How awful was <laughs> it over the weekend seeing those people on Twitter retweeting those dreadful, like, toxically laced Triple H CM Punk face-offs because of the punk hangover. Oh, yes, yeah, I see what you mean. And going, 
<laughs> Triple H was right all along. Fuck off. <laughs> like, the, the ones where, like, sort of, you know, like, Triple H is in his suit and tie, and, like, Punk's not doing the best job of being an iconoclast at this point because he's completely handcuffed by WWE's scripting. It's yeah. like, a, hey, I think the game might have been on or something. Just a, that was some of the all time worst ever. ever. Like you cannot ever. reframe those promos. It was, ever. yeah, it was ever. like back in the day. Like, like, for old fans old enough to remember this, when when The Rock used to get done by Triple H because The Rock would be like, right, I got to stick to the script. Yeah, and Triple H would be like, I just say what I like, and then and then Rock would be like, is he all right to go and do that? And that was exactly that there. Like, right, Phil, we know that you've had your little moment and the pipe bomb, but now you're sticking to the script. But I'm gonna just two foot you because and wrong he's, foot he's, you. And he's an absolute. Wanker. <laughs> like, was, he, was he right? CM Punk wanker? is not a good guy. He's no. not. And yeah. we've established this, but he is a saint. A literal second city saint <laughs> compared to that monster. <laughs> Some people actually like WWE. Yeah, I know it kind of sucks. But uh, yeah, even he couldn't say, yeah. that's great here. He couldn't he's even in the middle say of that. I was John Laurinaitis from his job by yeah. saying that it sucks. Like, he's never not playing a game. Yeah, that's his whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it kind of sucks a little bit, but uh, some people like it. So what does that tell you? <laughs> <laughs> tells you that, like, transformative change is coming to your industry, dickhead, in several years. But, you know, it's coming. And then you're going to win it anyway because you're the goddamn gamer. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back to the start of this show, Grayson Bloody Waller. Uh, he says... Uh, <laughs> Uh, you'll be telling your kids you know, couldn't cut it on Mondays or Fridays. He says, ah, well, I'll tell my kids that I was the champ on Monday, the champ on Friday, and soon I'll be the champ on Tuesday. He chins Grayson Waller and says, huh, that's the Apollo Crews effect. Right, Apollo Crews did well here, right? Because usually when you've got a heel who's just so fantastic, like Grayson Waller, and in WWE, usually the, the heel wins everything because they're just so much cooler than the WWE baby faces. But Cruz actually emerged with a degree yeah. of credit. I thought he was really composed. I thought he was quite cocksure. And like, again, that senile little twat made him put a stupid fake smile on his face for four years. So like, it's just proof that Vince has, has actually gone. We could all have a laugh at Triple H. And I will for every podcast I ever do and every article. She won't that in. Right. <laughs> this is good. Apollo Cruz emerged with a degree of credit. I didn't think the cool heel, really funny, witty, Heel guy was too much cool here. Um, Grace Wall's face is phenomenal. <laughs> he is so cocky in his own distinct, usual way. Like, basically, you should swap places with theory. Just going to say that. I could should, replace theory he tomorrow. Should swap tomorrow places with theory. And uh, even when some of the things were less than ideal, all right, this show kind of sucks because you're back here. Like NXT Redemption esque, <laughs> and you sucked even though you've held titles, which means the titles suck, and we all kind of know that. And everything, you, everything about you sucks, and everything you it's bad, but it's also funny. So I'll give it a pass. It's like the the this arsehole heel has ripped to bits this whole. You can see the future, mate. What? But like next week, Apollo Crews might see the future again. Yeah, like he might have. They might yeah, keep yeah. that bit. You didn't get the impression they were binning it off, did you? Like, no. but, but a heel has just gone. That's absurd, mate. Like, but they're going to carry on regardless. Really enjoyed this. Oh, it's good. Yeah, it's good stuff. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. 
Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Uh, pretty deadly, uh, getting to it with, with Gallus backstage, and they have to be held back, and blah, blah, blah. That was the moment for me, you know, like charisma out the ass on Pretty Deadly and these other complete losers, like in the rest of the screen. Such a difference. Yeah, really like Pretty Deadly now. Um, I think, it, I think it's just one, yeah. Well, I, I, like I wasn't sold straight away, but I think it's just by comparison. It is I'm the d- Meg. Yeah, yeah. Uh, vignette for Tyler Beats, um, him curling that mustache, um, curling some weights, and uh, and then it's time for the Mackenzie chat to Robert Stone and Von Wagner. And uh, Stone says, "This is a new NXT. Von doesn't care about Tyler Beats' accomplishments." Uh, and Von, yes, it's time for me to talk. And I was like, "Here we go." He says, oh, he's a big, strong boy, but I'm a big, strong man. <laughs> and he won't make it to an NXT Worlds Collide. More mic time for Von Wagner, please. Oh, terrible wordplay <laughs> again, because this is the Fed. You're this? <laughs> I'm the opposite of that. What was <laughs> the thing you used to do before? Boiler played bollocks promo material. More like, what was that? What was the gimmick? More like uh, little weak girl. That would be the opposite <laughs> of big, strong boy, wouldn't it? That's it. It started. It didn't start with this, but my loathing of it, or my podcast loathing gimmick of it started when um, Emma Moon was being taunted backstage by, I believe, Riot, Mandy Rose. Right squad, or maybe? Or was it, I think it was Mandy Rose. Maybe, you might right. And Sonya Deville, with it, when they threw a switch to the ground, and she was like, uh, she was like, honey, honey. She was like reading a comic book or something, she's a geek. If you want to uh, read about a real superhero, why don't you look at this? And it was like, insert ad for Muslim Fitness or whatever yeah. mag that Mandy yeah. Rose is on the cover of. And then my movement, superhero, more like supervillain. I was like, this is the worst TV product literally ever conceived. Forever mine is there. Uh, fear less. Fear more. That's the right like, thing I was thinking Opposite. Of. It's opposite. <laughs> 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 Joey Triviani. Fear, fear, fear more. Fear less. Fear more. more. At least something yeah, like Ricochet going, how hey, you think of the champ more like Chomp? <laughs> so at least it makes sense. It's one of the most cringeworthy, my arseholes, itchings, things of all time. <laughs> at least it's a play on words there. Fear more. <laughs> Fear me more than you did. Didn't they do something else with the, the ballots? Because I'm Sarah Logan. I remember they just I'm scared of Sarah Logan, but not because she's <laughs> not because not because of the spray paint. I'm gonna look up the riot the riot squad. Bella's change room, because I feel like they wrote something else. Dad, can we walk through that field? Uh, not that one. <laughs> Farmer's got a gun. 
And some very bad beliefs. Oh, that was it. Found it. Found the other one. Uh, fear less. More like fear more. Free mode. More like riot mode. What? Hang on, sorry. You, I'll do it again. Take, take that second time. Free mode. More like riot mode. What? <laughs> right, what are we doing? Von Wagner. Talks this good game every week, loses every week. Robert Stone has never won a match with his client in his goddamn life. It's brilliant. Like I want to know what jungle Von Wagner thinks <laughs> he's living in because he's bottom of that food chain right now. Big strong he? man jungle. Uh, right. <laughs> um, I'm a king. Javier Bernal's debut match came next. Um, I hate this twat, but in the right way, I can't tell. I, we're right. Well, I, it's a bit late of this. I hate this twat too, but I hate the twat security guard more. Leave, leave that pretty little alone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hate all of that so I'll take it from here. So, yeah, yeah it, last week he, he annoyed he annoyed the security guard. I, who, I'm a nurse guy, you know, I won't be like... <laughs> I won't be like the other ones. I mean, you're a shooter. I can think of a tag son. team who he could join. You could be really, really <laughs> fit him with. Uh, yes, yeah, so this security guard calls him a prick. That's our introduction to him. For, I think I was like, I don't remember this from last week, and then I realised it was the web exclusive, of course. Uh, and he was in action against... Jesus. Um, sorry, I got fired up because uh, on the uh, Eagle's Nest thing was Jimmy. We're watching, and bef- just before the ref goes to the, the, the hands ring thing, the bell. It's so pathetic, isn't it? As well, I'm doing it. Did you notice that we were doing the same thing with the hands? You can't fucking miss it, you absolute losers. <laughs> they do like, like the <laughs> most cliched uh, body language conveying that. I'm intellectual and in <laughs> yeah. control of the situation, and I have a master plan. You hacks, you hacks. Papa H is a hack, 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 hack. That's what it's always stood for. Interestingly Good. enough, as well, but a little peek behind the curtain. Like that. That's how we hold our hands throughout the entirety of every podcast. Because that's how <laughs> we are. So, so yeah, uh, Gacy gets on the mic and says, "Good luck." And, uh, <laughs> Bernal gets a bit of offense in because he fakes, I think, being uh, like eye poked or something, and then just tackles Grimes out of the corner, lays in some strikes. Gets a bit of offense in, uh, and then he gets flapjack right on his face towards the end. Super kick from Cameron Grimes. He hits him with the cave in one, two, three, but he stares straight up at Gacy and his boys. The match was nothing. Um, for as much as you love Cameron Grimes, and we talk about the dyad and the jism. It's telling to me that they never mention this in their preview copy. Like, we never have these to discuss. They're always a surprise in the back of the show. It's like, this angle's been going on for ages. All this is happening. But we never talk about a preview because WWE.com never remind us on a Tuesday. They're ashamed of this too, but it's happening. We're stuck with it. Yeah. Like, until it's finished, until Triple H can figure out a way to <laughs> deal with this because he clearly likes Cameron Grimes and wants better for him. It's like, oh, we've got to get through well, this. Well, roster then. Yeah, it's really easy. Or you could just renege on months worth of storytelling because you did it later in the night. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> does the cave in on uh, the Grizzly Young Vets and those contact lenses just pop out their eyes? I know, I know, like, I know, I know. Dead. There we go. <laughs> Solve that. Like, his beard, like Zach Gibson's beard just grows back straight away. Ah. Wait, fixed it. Uh, we get Willy, a, Willy. <laughs> we get a vignette for Blair Davenport. Uh, Michael Sidrix, you know, she's got a wicked willingness to do whatever it takes to win. <laughs> They said this about. They said this wicked willingness to do whatever it takes to win about how many like loads of times, like multiple times throughout the night, and that's the most W's Triple H lover get. Oh, nice, got him, the got only, him. I was two things. I hated that, and then I also thought 
Maybe I wouldn't hate so much if Tiffany Stratton was saying it. <laughs> 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 We're willing whatever it takes. I hate it, but I am looking forward to you doing Blair Davenport's voice on the promo segment. Same. I can't wait. I was like, ow. And <laughs> 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 we just started talking. Uh, she's gonna, it's a message just to talk about the NXT women's division, basically. Uh, and then Alba Fire's there. Uh, she talks about Lash Legend learning not to disrespect her heritage. Um, she won't be the only person to test her. Soon all everyone will learn what she knows. Uh, she's a warrior, does whatever it takes to win. Again, uh, And she'll honor those who, keeps, who kept the flame burning in Scotland. Where there's smoke, Michael Hamflet, there's fire. Just fire stuff. Just, 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 just fire in it. Just fire. Nonsense. <laughs> Semantic field of fire. Semantic fire field. Nonsense. Hack, hack, hack. There was an NXT UK match I actually enjoyed. You ever see when she fought Mako for the title? Really, like, really good in that MTBT Sports Studio. Fire now, isn't it? That's what she is. Bat on fire. Yeah, bat on fire. Uh, then it was time for Indy Bloody Hartwell against Blair Davenport. Oh, boy. <laughs> basically just a showcase for Davenport. Hartwell, was it? Got her. Uh, got it was meant to be. Well, yeah, got a bit of offense in. She hit her with a spine muster that got her a two count. Uh mm. A <laughs> uh, high-angle brain buster is what I've seen this finish described as. Yep. It was certainly something. Uh, she drops. It looked like she dropped Indy Hartwell pretty much bang on her head or neck or something. Regardless, Davenport covers her. One, two, three. Uh, well, uh, yeah, we should mention this finish because it didn't look great. Your thoughts on the match, and then we'll talk about the post-match. Um, my thoughts on the match are that I always... I, I'm a good burial artist, right? In fact, I'm, better, I'm a better undertaker than Mark Calloway. But... When someone has, like, a nice vibe about them, and I know they've worked really hard, and they are talented at other things, i.e. skits, I feel guilty oh, about no. going after that person. Oh. Indy Hartwell, I'm getting the feeling it's a bit useless. She's not good in the ring. Like, she's not. And I don't know if it's a performance center thing or what, but she has several disasters or near disasters to her name over the past calendar year. In tags, I think she showed something, but she's not a singles worker. Yeah, the this is another one of those like developmental products shouldn't be on telly. But then, how much of a developmental product is Indy Hartwell because she's been at this at quite a high profile level for a long time? There's no shame in being like in getting in getting better as a tag wrestler. Like she was with Candice LeRae, so who, their matches were fun. Yeah, who were like, they were a good act. Candice LeRae was clearly. The one that was yeah. tasked with carrying the matches, carrying the team, as you would expect from like... Probably went too long, if I remember. I'm sure they all did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure every single one of them did. Um, yeah. And I, she was I, with Persia Parata, obviously. Which was the turning point, because then she was cast as the veteran figure, and you were like, ooh, maybe not. And yeah, I... She I, needs I'm, to learn from a veteran. Sanger's right there. <laughs> <laughs> but, right, but just to build on what Sidgwick said, like, if you're good at some stuff, that's often enough. Find what people are really good at, hone in more on that, and then fix the rest in mm -hmm. the meantime. Even in wrestling, even if you're in wrestling and wrestling's not your strong point, doesn't mean there's not a place for you. It's a weird old game, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I agree completely. Just, ah, this was no good. Even like, even if you were generous and saying, well, it was okay that it was no good because what was to follow? Like, you've got to be seen to be trying your best and it not just not working out. And this was like, oh, isn't that your best? So Davenport post-match decides it's not, she's not enough. Uh, she beats the crap out of a hard knee strike, grabs the mic, 
saying she's just uh, she's talking about herself. She's just wasted on this roster best. I'm the most menacing mistress in all of NXT UK. <laughs> <laughs> Happy? Live up to your expectations. I love, I love, right? Got Blair Davenport. <laughs> Obviously, they have play, big plans for her because yeah. she's one of the few that wasn't culled like uh, like pigs on the uh, like uh, you know like pigs with the virus on NXT UK. Pigs. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they considered the NXT UK roster. Sure it's not did. me. I didn't fire them, did I? Sure did. They did. She was one of the few that was saved from the culls. Obviously, they've got plans for mm-hmm. her, right? And I love this, right? Making the decision, right? Okay, so it's pretty big. Financial arm of the company, right? Uh, right, okay, this is hard, oh, man. I don't really want to say it about what 50 people have fired. The cost of living crisis in the country that you are now going to seek work in. Um, right, okay, you're all gone, sorry. We're keeping you, we've got plans for you. Right, consider yourself lucky, Blair, but you've got big plans for you, okay? Okay, what are the plans? Um, alliteration. <laughs> That's the plan yeah. to get her over. Blair Blavenport. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ, company sucks. Uh, it still sucks. She claims she should be next in line for the NXT Women's Championship because she was the number one contender on NXT UK. This brings out Mandy Rose. She says, put some respect on my name. I've been champ for 300 plus days, etc. cetera. Uh, she describes herself as the most dominant women's champion in NXT. And I suddenly thought, oh my God, they're going to do it. And they did. Miko Satamora comes out, NXT UK women's champion. Uh, she says, Mandy, you're wrong. You're not the most dominant women's champion. That'd be me. Um, Mandy fires back saying, look, you're a true legend. Uh, I can't think, I, I saw a great image from someone who was like, if you want to know how long Miko Satamora has been doing this, and it was a shot from WCW back yeah. in the day. Uh, anyway, she said, yeah, true legend. Can't think of a better way to put respect on, on my name than to beat you. Uh, Miko wants a champion versus champion. Again, Blair, Blair Davenport's the spare prick at the wedding at this point. And so she interrupts, says, whoa, 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 wait a second, I was the number one contender. And the crowd chant, shut the hell up. And uh, Miko just goes, all right, bollocks, triple threat then. And uh, yeah, it's a title unification match. NXT women's, uh, NXT UK women's to be unified in a, in a uh, triple threat. Did you write down what Blair Davenport said here? Not verbatim. Uh, because she like she literally screamed every single word. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like, Ugh, don't do that again. <laughs> I hope that's what you think. I don't really watch NXT UK. Don't watch, is that, do you do that all the time? It was so abrasive. Do you think maybe they were just encouraged to be very loud because there was no matter what say slash fans in those studios? So yeah, just like be as loud and project as much as you can, as much as you want, indulge and treat yourself. Christ, like I, I don't hate Mandy Rose or anything, but it feels like I can almost visualize her hitting Satamora with her version of that V trigger to win this match, and it's weird. It's weird. <laughs> that's I'll, a, I'll say that's one a strange prospect, isn't it? I'll say one thing: the character doesn't really put anyone over or anything. Like they at least treat. I mean, they wouldn't. Do they treat Satamora with respect? I don't know. They were they did here anyway. That, yeah. was, that was nice. It, but I think she felt like a big deal. Hopefully, for anyone who didn't really know a lot about her, I think she might be getting pinned. I think really, she, yeah. Why I would Dev, why would sh- why would Davenport be there? Yeah, I think they're going to protect Blair Davenport in the finish. Really, Jesus, Jesus Christ! I think so. the worst thing I is think... the state of North American women's wrestling. Right, is that you can't even say oh, if that happens, I wouldn't be good if she went to AEW. Also, she have a, every seventh week on Dynamite, she can maybe <laughs> have a match, yeah. or maybe Rampage. I'm hoping, um, I predicted on the news this morning that they go one each. I know there's three, but we were talking about the two main titles. I hope they go one each. I hope 
Ron Breaker retains um, because I'm, hoping, I'm mainly because I'm saving him for the big bad, which is Tony B. Uh, and then Miko wins the other one, but I'm not going to hold my Tyler Bates not wearing anything. Not to be boring as well, but like Satamura picked um, working for NXT UK to live at least temporarily in the UK. Maybe she doesn't want to live and work in America, and this is like, well, this this was the end of this strange part of my career. And that's maybe. It. Maybe, maybe she's just finished up, you know, like there, she probably would have been over a long time, like on the main roster, let alone on some stupid NXT feed. Was show. it not like she, she was going to do Premier Inn or something? Like, yeah, and she had like the, the worst looking English breakfast and it became yeah. the meme. Was it not that she was tapped to do NXT Japan? Yeah. And it was like, was actually, actually, you can't really do that because no one sent to do business with us and uh, we suck. So I did to do some stuff in England. Triple H is like, tough shit. It's back up. <laughs> he goes out and does his presentation where he like, lights the lights on the map back up. <laughs> Stephanie told me. I could me be I wrong. I don't out. think she's a, like an Anglophile or anything like that. Like, I think they no, yeah. just uh, grossly misjudged how popular the NXT brand was worldwide. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so Mackenzie's backstage with Tiffany Stratton, tries to talk about what we've just seen. Uh, Tiffany couldn't care less. She's like, Okay, can we talk about me now, please? After I beat Wendy Chertonide, whomever walks whomever whomever walks out as <laughs> women's champion is gonna have to deal with me. Do I feel superior to Wendy Chu? Mm, yeah. Is that a crime? Mm, no. After I beat her, she won't even be able to show her face around here, which is a win for everyone. You're welcome. And then the women's division and the unified title is gonna be all about me. Toodles! You should I love Toodles. You I should love Triple toodles. H more than me and Cedric hate Triple H, right? You know why? Because this is dead. You, and I'm, I'm going to lay all the credit with you, right? Quite right. We're on your way to talking Tony D'Angelo and Tiffany Stratton into being Bron Breaker and Mandy Rose's big bads. That, that was happening. Yeah. That was absolutely happening. And I think the gamer might put a sledgehammer through both of them. Like, too honestly. Much, too much fun. Yeah, too much fun. This was happening. Like, these characters both feel like that was the trajectory they were both on. You could easily see, I mean, you only go on the WWE page and they have all the, like, six people. And generally, it's the two champions and maybe the tag champs on one side. Mm. Might be. You could easily see both of them with the title slung over their shoulder. 100%. No bother. And now it's just... And representative of the show them. as well. Ugh. Anyway, <laughs> ironically, then goes to Tony D. Like, you know, they, like, they go, right, we'll get the, the women's match out of the way on, on AEW. Now it's like, we'll get all the patter just in one boring <laughs> one little, tiny bit of, ooh. And it was like, oh, I, I quite enjoyed that. And then they go, oh, right, time for J.D. McDonough to really bring you down. Um, so Tony D's there. He's there with the uh, former members of Legado del Fantasma, now, of course, a part of the family. Yes. Uh, Cruz del Toro, uh, Electra Lopez, Joaquin Wilde. And he says, uh, hey, last week uh, you guys tried to get a little cute, huh? Uh, you came in with all the, uh, all the stops. <laughs> you guys used distractions, you use the interference, you try to use the brass knocks. He says, huh, I bet you if you had a kitchen sink, you'd throw it at me, right? <laughs> he didn't say that, but, um, you know, artistic license. Uh, he says, huh, I'll work out for you, huh? This is why I am the Don and Santos is unemployed. But look, I am a forgiving man. So the past is the past. <laughs> Why are you looking at me? <laughs> <laughs> because I know that's the damn sure in about 20 minutes time, isn't it? Uh, and the future of the family starts tonight with a win from Joaquin and Cruz. Let's go, guys. Let's go, guys. <laughs> Let's go completely. What can possibly go wrong again? Uh, and then uh, JD McDonough is there and he's got Edge's vein going on. 
Uh, and he says, rehab's important. Uh, I think I enjoyed my loss last week more than Bron Breaker did. He says, my pain tolerance for Bron's only growing. Good luck at Worlds Collide. I'll see you on the other side. And then it's revealed he's hanging upside down like a bat. Yeah! It's very scary, like a bat. I don't, I, I don't know, fly in the dark. I've never seen someone say that in boxing or MMA, though. Well, I think after I got sparked out last week, I think I'm, uh, I think I'm getting a handle of this. I think if anything, I'd lose. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I, I can do something a little bit here, here and there, a little bit here and there. The accent it should have been like a reveal, shouldn't it? You ask me, the uh, NXT rankings are. <laughs> Upside down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the strongest because I'm holding everyone. <laughs> yeah, I just thought uh, it was if anything, if anything, I'm just uh, good at a lot. It's <laughs> sort of a little bit Dutch. It's good that I lost. <laughs> good that I lost. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. <laughs> I, loved it. I bloody loved it. I absolutely loved it. So, if anything, if anything, didn't count. They are. I loved it. Like losing a cup final and going, well, we'll learn for next time. What do you mean next time? There ain't going to be a next time. We did talk about in the preview, or this character in particular, there was nowhere to go following the loss we assumed would occur. With down. I'm loving. Just turn around. I'm loving the pattern that's emerging of like how these characters just laugh off the worst moments. That like seven days later, like they, it's it's d- wrestling's always done this. It's like sort of the most important thing is this coming week until next week when it's even more important. <laughs> yeah. Forget about last week. Like NXT 2.0 is the best example of that because you've got characters literally laughing in the face of the circumstances that occurred just one week earlier. It's brilliant. I don't understand. Like, I, the pattern, I the pattern there the is a reminder that nothing ever matters as well. Yeah, Stratton cutting that promo earlier tonight. Like, you know, next week, well, once I'm done with Wendy Chu, I can fight for the I'm just glad she's out of my life. Yeah, all of that All of that she said is still true. Like, she's now done with Wendy Chu. She can fight for the women's title. I said this last week when he was like, hit me with one more spear and Bron Breaker was like, okay. <laughs> I was like, well, how's that? Like, I, I just If you beat me two spears, that's the real quiz. <laughs> just, anyway. Uh, speaking of pointless things, Wesley's there with Katana Chance and Caden Carter, and he says, uh, oh, old man J.D. McGonagall gives me the creeps. <laughs> uh, um, talks about, let's talk about you and your champs. And I was like, oh, yeah, forgot about that. Uh, everyone's going to come for them. You keep your head on a swivel. I remember when I was tag champs, and, uh, and she says, we'll take on all comers. And Lee says, someone's going to pick up your vibes. And they say, we're counting on it. And that was it. Nothing happened here. Um, what was this? Something did happen. I like Wesley less than I did yesterday. Granted, yeah. I love this completely natural exchange between three friends. That's why, that's why I enjoyed about this segment. Reminded me of when we all come in to record a podcast. Just three mates having a chat. That's definitely what this felt like. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what it reminded me of? Uh, the backstage segments with, uh, you know, like, uh, Million Dollar Man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, Who's he's like Aaron, Maxine, Maxine, and, and Maxine Dupree, and Tatanka. <laughs> they all hang out. They all hang out, don't they? Uh, it was also it was also this sort of like it was a like a spectre hanging over it as well. It was like uh, like Wesley could have gone like, who are you going to uh, you fight your titles with? Oh, there isn't any. Uh, the division was so weak, pathetically, but there was no. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right there. Ginny and uh, no, I've got, I've got nothing. Why didn't words glide right off? <laughs> uh, I have to admit, a guilty pleasure came next. Uh, Indy Bloody Hartwell is still out there at the ring. Uh, she's recovered, but she's sad. She says, this is rock bottom for me. Uh, it sucks. She blames herself. Go she's on. the problem. What, what does she actually say? She says, four months ago, I decided I was done with all the tears and the bloody losses. <laughs> I'm going to reach for the stars and reignite my career. 
Four months later, I'm the same bloody position. <laughs> <laughs> but thankfully for everyone, suddenly there behind her, the other side of the ring, up pops Dexter Loomis, criminal. <laughs> <laughs> and he slides into the ring and she slides into the ring and uh, they have a little moment and they, they hug and they kiss and there's this romantic reunion for Index and... Loomis carries Hartwell to the back in his arms, just like they used to. It was a lovely moment. I had a tear in my eye watching <sighs> this. Um, and they go backstage, and Dexter hands her a piece of paper and is immediately handed over to the authorities. Because <laughs> if you missed it, he kidnapped someone on Monday Night Raw. Um, so has he just been on the lam? Yeah. <laughs> Again, the nature of that, like, he was never fired. He was never released. He was on the lam. That's what they're saying, basically. Yeah. Because the nature of why they've split has never been explored. Like, what has got in the way of their marriage, even if they've lost jobs, etc. That's never... So, he, all along, he's just been on the run. So, now he's an actual... Rather than just being a guy that enjoys the psychology of murderers, he's now an actual criminal. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. But you wrote a note that says, goodbye, Indy, for now, I heart you forever. It's so. nonsense, and I have to read every day that Papa H is good. The, like, you know, the, the way in which now... It is fetishized by certain Twitter accounts that, like, you do a little video and it's like, oh, they did it. They, they put the car. We remember, you know, remember stuff. Like, this is. Uh, remember, I, Doink? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Money in the bag. Like, sort of. I, I got <laughs> remember, remember, brother loves tan? No. <laughs> <laughs> like, literally, the red face paint shop was shut. So just don't do brother love. Like, uh, no, just put, like. I, I sort of feel sorry for younger fans in that respect. Cause it was like, oh yeah, they, like this thing I was barely nostalgic for has been referenced. That's the best they've got. Like Randy Savage and Elizabeth were like apart for three years, and it was absolutely heartbreaking. And you put them back together, and the reason like full-grown adults cry in the crowd is because it meant something. You can't just be like remember six months ago before somebody shoot lost the job. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just different. I did like it. That was a nice little moment. Um, Cora Jade, uh, we see what happened. Has with it her. has it fixed her? Is she not rock bottom anymore? No. She's got a guy back. Well, she's good. Yeah, she's going to win now because that's two point oh values, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, like, she's getting cacked. She's, she's getting cacked now, so that means it's like uh, Spunk is a life force. <laughs> so uh, two point oh is breathing. Oh, oh, my <laughs> spinach. Tricks will come. It's a good bit of matches now. What are those things called? The zappers. Bruce Preacher's got a couple of them. It's covered in cum. <laughs> Two point oh's body is like limp and listless. He's just been watching a half an hour Triple H match, and then he just comes in. No spunk. <clears throat> One, two, three, clear spunk. <laughs> Get me three hundred cc's of spunk. <laughs> Drink some Dexter Camp. <laughs> it's not us. It's them. I'm Bridget the Pervert Man. Doot doot. <laughs> doot doot doot. <laughs> Oh, Can't right. wait for the when he's been finally let go and Triple H just like he did it with Jeff Jarrett straight away. Pritchard's on his ass soon. Can't wait for the podcast that is like talk us through that last few weeks where you saved NXT before Triple H gave you the boot. Stuck Road Dog back in your chair. Uh, Cora's talking about a win and they see you see Roxanne Perez well bitching out using an Akendo stick basically. Uh, that was what makes a babyface look good. Uh, she says it's not controversial. Um, if if Roxanne had done it, everyone would love her. She did it, and apparently it's highway robbery. It's all the guys, she says, who's never been on a date with a girl in their entire lives who are tweeting their little fingers away about how it should have been a DQ. I got something to say. Why don't you go on a date with a girl? And no, your little inflatable dolls don't count. You don't go for a date with a girl. I've got an idea. Why don't you go on a date with a girl? It's like, 
I like the idea of the, the people, the people that they are describing, or you know, the incels that they're going after. They see this, and she goes, <laughs> she goes, yeah, why don't you go on a date with a girl? And they go, fine. Grab the little pillow with the you know cartoon character drawn on, just leave it. Inflatable ones don't count. Oh, what? <laughs> I, <laughs> it did feel like this script was being written live, wasn't it? You know, it's all those people that have been on a date with a girl, haven't? Line? <laughs> oh, I haven't got anything. Like, it's a script writer just shrugging behind the scenes. You should go on a date with a girl. <laughs> Whew, we got away with it this week. <laughs> Touch grass. Touch grass, asshole. <laughs> Imagine Cora Jade telling the NXT universe to sign some bitches. <laughs> You want to check out Corjay's getting killed in the court tweets. <laughs> right, uh, it's time for the next match. It was the the, the family uh, represented here by Joaquin Wilde and Bruce Del Toro <laughs> versus JNG. Uh, <laughs> Robbie Fowler and uh, what's his name? Mick Jagger. Mick Jagger. Yeah. Uh, but this time, <laughs> roles have been reversed. Cameron Grimes is in the Eagles' nest, just watching. Oh my uh, God, Maro might come back. Oh no! What if they replace not not Vic but Wade? <laughs> just 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 just, just Morrow and Vic <laughs> shout <laughs> each other. Morrow's like fifteen minutes into one of his long rambling references. <laughs> <laughs> You're just hearing Vic Joseph's existential crisis. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. The so what's happening here? Oh yeah. So, uh, Mamma mia, they've put a cucumber in the exhaust pipe, by which I mean his cock. <laughs> <laughs> Cruz, uh, springboard arm drag sends Robbie Fowler to the outside. Uh, Mick Jagger uh, follows, and then they uh, they do a big dive onto both of them. Tony D's like, stop doing stuff like that, basically. <laughs> Never made sense the first time, did it? Hey, all that good stuff. Quit it. <laughs> <laughs> all that good stuff that I can I want to hire you for? Quit it. Yeah, <laughs> he, uh, he Cruz then just goes completely ignores that and hits a high crossbody on Jagger for a two count. Cruz, I don't like these S spot monkeys anyway, so forget the last three. <laughs> <laughs> Cruz uh, gets sent to the outside, and there's like a doomsday device uh, with Mick Jagger and Robbie Fowler uh, on the floor, and there's a nice hug between all the. Yeah, Jim. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we go to a break. Uh, <laughs> Enziguri <laughs> You went a little bit stacked in two days. He was. Don't think we're bored of the fair. It doesn't matter. Um, hot tag to Wild. Everything breaks down and they uh, takes a couple of goes, but they eventually hit the ticket to ride on Wild. One, two, three, and D'Angelo yells at them post match because they can't coexist <laughs> as a family. <laughs> I'm watching a match between two tag teams that could work a significantly better match and a significantly longer match, and I'm looking at. Fowler, Zach Gibson, looking like Kane in 2005, and I just feel so sorry for him. I do as well. I I, I realise I say this every week, but and I would never advocate for people staying in NXT UK, but I was like, if you need a a group of invading tag team British forces that are really annoying, you had them. And you decided that they were going to, what was it, rob delivery drivers at one point. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah. A load of bollocks. Uh, do you know what this bloke's name is? That was the, the, the Bernal second bit now. He's walking backstage. He's pissed off. Uh, and it's somewhat, I think, it's, I think it's the, like, the, the, the woman says, better look next time. Mm. And he goes, piss off, you, right, basically. <laughs> I, need, and, I need to go back to tweeting Cora Jade abuse. <laughs> yeah. And uh, do you know what the security guy's name is? I don't, I've just seen I'm not sure if this is the case or not, but I've seen this written online. Do you, wanna, do you, wanna, do you know what his name is? 
It's the most generic American name I think I've ever read. Hank? Yes. I thought it was Hank. Dennis. Hank Walker. <laughs> Texas Ranger. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Hank Walker? More like Wank Hawker. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, he's, he uh, protects the little old lady. You talk to her like that. I don't think kindly to you talking to old ladies like that. Damn respect on this lady's name. Maybe she'll find me a little bit more attractive. I'll have you know my mother was a lady. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all should uh, be a little bit nicer to this lady I here. Do, I reckon you should be nicer to the lady. Hey, uh, I'm going to slide into her DM. <laughs> <laughs> Not I'm, sure if you saw back there, but I defended your honor. I am. I'm a. I reckon I'm uh, about to launch a three-month-long campaign. <laughs> Real insidious, like <laughs> to make me seem better than the rest. It does. It does oh, little lady, I'm not like the others. Now, I will tell you this for three months, <laughs> and I will uh, lower the value of every other man, <laughs> courting your affection. <laughs> And that is how I win. <laughs> it, does, it, it is a nice bit of LTST, though. Cause what's the t- we've seen Hank Walker twice now. Both times, he's gone, don't be like that, or whatever, or says something to someone. And then when they don't respond to him, he's gone, prick. <laughs> Breadcrumbs, yeah. later. Uh-huh. I'm, not sure, I'm not sure if you saw a little lady, but I'll... Uh, excuse me, just maybe remove my, my hat for this. How very rude of me. My neck beard is showing. And uh, I protected your honor. No response, huh? <laughs> bitch. <laughs> That's what it's going to be, isn't it? I mean, we know what happens. And then, when it's like disconsolate and... <laughs> <laughs> and he's a little bit broken, he can join. <laughs> It's Stacks is slowly taking over, isn't he? Well, he might as well, because what came next is uh, Legado walking back. Sta- well, no, not Legado, obviously. Sorry, not Legado, Cedric's Sige. proper broken me with House of Black and Disconsolate. <laughs> <laughs> Let us go back to our disconsolate lair. So, not Legado. I keep calling him Legado. I shouldn't call him that. They're now obviously... It's a part of the family. Part of family. Uh, they're walking disconsolate backstage, <laughs> and an SUV turns up. It's Santa Escobar, and he goes, Hey, you didn't think I was going to leave without you, did I? And they go, Hey! And then they off drive, off they drive to SmackDown, presumably. What was the stipulation of last week's match? It was uh, if... Uh, if Santos wins, they are free from the family. Legado del Fantasma can, can carry on. But if they lose... The rest of Legado del Fantasma goes into the family officially. That's it. And Santos is fired. Which wrestling promoter was most famous for reneging on stipulations? Hmm. I can't think of anyone. I think it might have been Vince McMahon. I think it was Vince McMahon. I think it was Vince McMahon. I can't be right because like a lot of Twitter accounts, like a few months ago, were just talking about like how great WWE was. But now it's greater. Well, I can't be right because then that would compromise. That would compromise and contradict what they were saying months ago about WWE being great. Indeed, but guess what? Actually, but, but then he- they're both the same, so maybe they're right because Triple H is the same as Vince McMahon <laughs> or by like- reneging on stipulations that were literally happening last week. And the idea, and I watched three months of this, three months of this, right? The idea that criminal characters would willingly sign paperwork obligating them to do things within. Like the law or an agreement or something good. 
like something honourable or noble when they're, when they're when they're criminals is was absurd in the first place. And we said this, then they never actually adhered to it. And then after all of this, sub Sopranos bollocks, Santos Escobar just gets into a car and says, "Come on, right? <laughs> let's just let's just go. Who cares? Literally, who cares?" And so what's happened is is that the Legados, right, have broken a stipulation. Right, they have not adhered to a stipulation. Right. WWE's legal team like, well, it's a bit unusual, this. You kind of, you know, you sign yourself over as someone's property, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what's it, indentured? Servitude. Yeah. A bit weird, but... You've done it. You signed you, it. You signed yeah. it. Okay, okay. It's, you know, it's a wacky world at WWE, I guess. Um, but you signed it. And, you know, you have to... Otherwise, this would mean nothing. Otherwise, yeah, none of this would mean anything. Mm-hmm. So you signed it, right? Okay. You're just going to banter it off going to banter off the contract and the stipulation that you willingly agreed to do and you had in fact done it earlier in the night, okay? Do you know what you're going to get for this? A promotion. <laughs> well done. Go to SmackDown, get some more money. Go on there, uh, Fox. Yeah? Enjoy it. And I, <laughs> I like, Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. I like the uh, the LTST. Like, uh, they, they ended their NXT career two years later, exactly how they started it. Complete losers getting bundled into the back of the van by Santos Escobar. <laughs> Get in again. That was how this all began. Get in, loser. We're going to SmackDown. <laughs> same car park. Same guy in the front of the car. Get in the boot. God, I'm, I'm, I don't know. This is pretty... And a bunch of WWE fan morons on Twitter. The few who I talk about this show were like, <laughs> Legato, this is great. It's like, is it? Because the last three months of your life have meant nothing. Give me hit roll. <laughs> I want I want Legado on the on SmackDown. I want Legado on the main roster. Why? But like you say, it, it was preposterous. This and um, I and this is preview fodder. But I and I know this is preview Tony D fodder. I've got a horrible feeling he's just going to go. Hey, no one amongst thieves, and then that's it. He's going to go. No, no, they built it. What are you doing, flying off the top rope? I don't like those goddamn spot monkeys anyway. Yeah. yeah. Why can they never get indentured servitude right? Like you say. Nexus. It's an inherently really weird concept. <laughs> but, like, it's not... It, I get it. In the, in the long term, you always Stop do Stop getting indentured. <laughs> but I get it. Like, in the long run, the arc is you're forced to work for someone, and then you eventually... Uh, I've had enough! And you snap, and it's the most... And maybe you cost them something big. But they, they, it's... It's like when Cornette talks about Russo, and he just sees the end of something and goes, oh, that, just get to that as fast as we can. Then being in the middle is kind of important, where they've... Not necessarily forced, but they eventually just sort of tow the party line. They, you had, we well, talked about this before. One week, maybe, where Cruz and Del Toro, uh, Cruz and uh, Joaquin yeah. Wild were, were, all right, fine. I suppose we all just be a part of the family because you've literally killed Santos. And you signed a contract. And it's, it's, we, we lost the, the previous stipulation where it was everyone has to become part of the family. It's Carney Wrestling Booking at its worst every single time because what they do is they take the moment where the heels theoretically got their biggest win and then seven days later turn it into the biggest defeat, like the worst case scenario. The um, What was the one? Because uh, the scene in Nexus one is probably the, the yeah. prime example. But like wrestling cannot help itself. What was the um, AEW thing? Uh, the, the best man in the wedding and like the... Castillo's... Oh, Chuck Taylor's going to be Miro's butler. Yeah, and so you have this big match because the stipulation is supposed to matter, and it's like, ha, ha, that's you, knee-deep in sh- now. Like, two weeks pass, and it's just, oh, I'm kind of sick of this guy. Why did I win this match in the first yeah, place? Yeah, no, no. Like, the heel is made to look stupid retrospectively for even entering into this daft agreement, not least when they're master criminals. Oh, I'll sign the contract this time. This one time. You promise, though. You promise. I was going to pay no goddamn attention to it. 
<laughs> so why would I? I'm a criminal. I'll play by those rules that I uh, agreed to. <laughs> <laughs> None of this works. None of it. Tyler Biet versus uh, Von Wagner next. Um, this was, you know, the the classic story of, you know, it's David versus Goliath. Who's got the bigger heart? Uh, <laughs> Wagner dominated Tyler Bate early on. He's fighting from underneath. He's chucking him around like an empty tracksuit, in the words of Adam Nicholas. Uh, Tyler Bate eventually starts countering him, makes a bit of a comeback, leaps over the ropes into a dive on the outside, but Wagner soon cuts him off, manhandles him. Bates always fighting back, though. Slingshots off the top rope into a lariat that takes Wagner finally down to a knee. Goes for another one, but Wagner gets to back to his feet and catches him. Goes for a choke slam, but Bate counters it, and he hits him with that bob and bang left jab that he's got. Uh, gets him with a kick, suplex on Wagner, showcasing his ridiculous strength. Uh, puts him in the right place for the big finish. Comes off the top rope with this spinal tap on Von Wagner. One, two, three. Low-key bad booking habit of Triple H, because there's going to be plenty of time over the years to come where we're going to be able to spotlight the high-key ones. Low-key bad booking habit are agent in matches where the loser, and it's an obvious loser from the beginning, title bits in this title contenders match. I know it's Von Wagner, but obvious loser. Gets loads, gets absolutely loads. He took tons of this match to the point where it undermines the whole point of it. Like, and this is a Triple H, for other bookers do it, but this is a Triple H foible. We've seen it already on Raw and SmackDown on the main roster as well. Like, you kind of fake that if you've been watching wrestling long enough. Von Wagner got tons here, but the result was never in doubt. Mm. So nobody gets over as a result. Like, the, the work was fine, but like, that was an obvious hole in the agent in it. I love that, I don't know what it's called, where he hits his neck or shoulders or whatever it is off the top rope. Mm. But like you say, in my memory of this match, there's like that and a few counters and then just the finish. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, uh, it was weird. They did give too much to Von Wagner here, but he was big. So that's a that's an institutional sort of thing that will never, ever, ever escape the DNA. Big, strong man. Big, strong man. I'm the big, strong man. I don't know what I'm doing with that voice. But ultimately, like, beyond that, it was meant to be the greatest hits of Tyler Bate. And, you know, so patronized. And I've watched this guy go to war with Walton. It's one of the best matches that I've seen in WWE that's ever put a WWE camera in front of it. It was phenomenal. And I'm watching this, and the most, honestly, at most I got out of it was, ooh, mm. I remember you can do the backflip on his feet. That's good. It's not like um, versus Pete Dunne in Chicago where the, a bunch of, like, Chicago fans are chanting UK. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's I like, know. you should just be happy that you live there. Yeah. You're winning. Uh, Roddy Strong, I love Roddy Strong, man. Just arguing with the Creed brothers, like, yeah, bloody arseholes, right? N- n- neglecting the fact that he was a second away <laughs> from getting kicked out of Diamond Mine. Uh, Boris Johnson and Sir Wanksalot comes in, um, and uh, well, see, you've already been. <laughs> we get in a, a title unification match, another one uh, for a Worlds Collide between these two. But hey, these Gallus aren't involved, so you know, every cloud. Uh, the Creed brothers m- belong out of all of this nonsense, get them on the main roster. Um, but does that mean that they have to go to the indignity of losing as some of these losers in the, one of these unification matches? Like the Creed's going to hand over those belts to those loser cowboys or Gallus as a result of getting off NXT 2.0 because I don't want to watch that. I don't want to see them getting pinned by these geeks. No. Give it to the day out for the rest of the season. <laughs> main event time. Oh my God, thank God. Lights out. Sin Cara's here. Oh, no, sorry. Uh, lights out match. Wendy Chu versus Tiffany Stratton. Um, Chu got a special entrance on the bed. Coming to play later on. Uh, she 
She's not messing around, though. She takes off the onesie. She's got a romper singlet, basically, and some kick pad socks. And, uh, yes, the lights aren't out. More of a sort of lights-dimmed match. Lights-dimmed match. Um, and I, I thought, I did think, and I know the audience aren't going to because they're seals. I think, if you're there, how much of this can you actually see now? Yeah. Like, I know on camera, you, it's you know, five yards away, but it's dim. And I know it's a lights-out match, I get it, but... There's certain times where the commentator was like, what, what's weapons uh, Tiffany Stratton got? And I'm thinking, I don't know. <laughs> you told me, mate. <laughs> it might be more effective if I could see it. Uh, immediately brawl out the ring. And we then get a sense of the imminent danger. <laughs> they immediately brawl out the ring. Uh, Chu gets a trash can, smashes Stratton with it, uh, and then pops it on her head and hits it with a tennis racket um, that she's also brought down to the ring. Oh, I think Stratton brought that down to the ring, I should say, actually. Um Stratton gets the toolbox from under the ring and uh, grabs a weapon and, that and swings that at Wendy Chu. Thankfully, she ducks at the last second. Uh, they brawl, goes to a picture-in-picture. Picture. I cannot see anything at this point, so I just skipped forward till they came back. Um, Stratton goes for a brilliant moonsault. It was picture-perfect, except there was no one there. Um, just looked a great bump, to be fair. Uh, Wendy Chu fires back up. She uh, brain-busters Stratton onto a chair, a pink chair that's been brought into the ring. Um... There's a bit of the turnbuckle, or a spare bit, I should say, that, that Stratton's found under the ring. She fights back with that and starts uh, getting, no, sorry, Stratton starts getting choked by that, by Wendy Chu. So Stratton goes towards her purse, and in a spot I think you mentioned yesterday, uh, gets the hmm. hairspray or aerosol, whatever it is, and sprays Chu in the face to fire, to get her, to get back in. Um, Stratton powerbombs Chu through a trash can, basically. Chu just gets the shoulder up at the last second. Uh, and she grabs a loaded pillow, which I think we also mentioned on the preview yesterday. Twat Stratton with that. And it's revealed as she opens it up that this pillowcase is filled with bits of Lego. This vicious lights out match takes another twisted turn. <laughs> um, Americans are saying Legos, by the way, is as bad as it all gets, isn't it? Legos. 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 Lego. Lego. Just Lego. There's there lots of Legos. Maths. Lego. Math. <laughs> Math. Uh, what, what, uh, hey man, what you got at school next, huh? Mathematic. <laughs> <laughs> we got him. Side what? <laughs> A woman, them. Parmesan. Why are we doing this? Talk proper. This is the alienation corner. Cilantro. This is the Queen's English. Talk proper. Cilantro. Talk like Nathan Fager. Trash can. <laughs> Worlds collide. <laughs> Dustbin. Trash can. Hang on, wait a minute. If this is pavement, sidewalk. If this is a Worlds collide like narrative, I want to be on the other side. <laughs> I'm not back in the NXT UK, people. <laughs> what are the things that we disagree on? Voids. 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 <laughs> takes all sort of voids to make the wild wake. <laughs> Coriander. <laughs> Go on. C cilantro. What's the... Uh... Oregano. Oregano. Hey, you met my friend Craig. That's Craig. <laughs> yes. I think I know Craig. Travel the word out of your mouth. It's his name. Call him Craig. That's Craig. <laughs> right, where are we? Oh, yeah. Who's your favourite Bond? Ah, i got to see Daniel Craig. 
Well, that guy from Big Brother. Oh, Liverpool, crack. <laughs> uh, oh, dear. There's meant to be a fall-away slam onto the Legos. <laughs> but they just, none of them, he doesn't hit any of them. No. So they just went, do it again. Just do the spot again. Uh, scoop slam from Stratton onto Chew onto the Legos. Onto the Lego. <laughs> You've got me doing it now. Um, Double mathematic. <laughs> Looked like it absolutely sucked. Uh, Stratton goes for a purse. I think she's going to chuck some like makeup that's on the outside. Going to chuck some powder in her face, <laughs> but she gets it knocked into her own face. <laughs> powder, <laughs> powder. <laughs> <laughs> and she says, "I'm going to enjoy this." And he push, she puts her urinagis <laughs> through the bed frame. Uh, chucks her back in the ring. Top rope, Vader bomb. One, two, three. The feud's over. <laughs> Wendy Chew won, which was the wrong result in my opinion, and then we cut backstage for the thrilling conclusion to NXT <laughs> contract signings. <laughs> this was like this was decent in places. I'm pretty easily pleased, as is obviously clear by my taste. So I really like the pink chair. I thought that looked pretty cool. Right, we'll have some more of them. This was decent in places, but nowhere near creative enough for these like cartoon characters you create yeah. the whole point of these characters and we will defend them sometimes on this podcast is that it allows for absurd creativity nxt 2.0 kind of exists in its own little bubble this was and we've criticized AEW like this out matches this before just a plunder brawl this was like the lego I, the street fight, i'm it? acknowledging the cute bits where i think they're worthy of it but they weren't cute enough and it was just a street fight. And some of the work was pretty good. Like, I remain really high on Tiffany Stratton. Yeah. They've really, really got something with her. And there was definitely, like, there was highs to this match, but it just wasn't fun enough. wasn't anywhere near as fun as it could have been. And, and now the feud's done, and that's that. As I suspected, it was a total nightmare where it just looked drab. It was a proficiently worked plunder brawl. And the idea of them really hating each other is farcical. It is farcical because these characters are stupid in the eye stupid <laughs> in the idea that they are um desperate to hurt one another is just stupid. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just love the way B Priestley called Sadie Game stupid man. I'm gonna blast in the office as soon as we get downstairs. It's fantastic. Um but on the other side of it um <laughs> if you, if you flip it upside down <laughs> Tiffany Stratton's got a future in WWE because she works better matches than half of the main roster already. She can proper go. She can, she can go. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I, I really, really do uh, need a piss. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> let's wrap it up. Let's know your thoughts on the Lights Out match uh, and, and everything on this show and this Road to Worlds Collide on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Watch, they can follow all three of us. You can follow Michael Hamflet at... Michael Hamflet. Follow Michael Sidgwick at... Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE. Uh, make sure you subscribe to what Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. Uh, we're coming back later on today, of course, to look ahead to AW Dynamite and the world title match uh, that's going to go down this evening. But for now, this has been the NXT Dubai... My thanks to the Dadly Boys. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? 
we wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.